0: Today's sermon is the banquet of belonging. And uh, in this series we've been, we've been going through, we named it uh, Called to Compassion. And in a world where people either feel called to contempt for the people they don't like, that think differently, act differently than them, and they, they start to have contempt in the world. How many of you guys noticed this? There can be people feel called to contempt, whether it's social media or it's uh, with their friendships or even their family members. That's one uh, way of approaching the world. There's other people who approach the world as they say, I-, I feel I'm called to conform. And so the patterns and the habits of the world around them would just say, you know, it's such, there's such a, a, a strong pull of the current of our culture that I'm just going to conform the, to the culture. I'm going to conform to this world. But we are a community of Jesus. That means Jesus is at the center And we focus on people because Jesus focused on people, but we're centered on Jesus. We want to become more like him. It's not just a religious um, activity that we're after. We're after a relationship with Jesus. And so that means we're not called to contempt. We're not called to conform. We're called to compassion in this world and through this world. Amen. So the series has been all about that, and we've learned that that many of us, we're like the community of the called, and we all have different callings. In fact, before you were born, um, when you were in your mother's womb, God was shaping you with personality, with strengths, with um, passions, and he wants to use that, and he wants to use your calling. And there's a diversity of calling and background in this room and in this church. And that's one of the most beautiful, beautiful things that Jesus came to to initiate was that community of the called. But um, we learned a few weeks ago that calling can lead to conflict. How many of you guys know or notice that calling can lead to conflict? Let me give you an example of that in case case you didn't, you know, it's hard to think of. But at the Thanksgiving table, it's like a great time to come together and eat and enjoy life together but have you ever had tensions within your own family when you come to the table tensions around your work tensions around what you believe um, politically religiously socially I mean nowadays things can be so tense it's like you, you can't help but have tension around a table at times and sometimes We allow our callings to create conflict because we think it's a character issue when really it's a calling issue. In Jesus' own family, we looked at this, John the Baptist had a ministry and a calling that looked very different than Jesus. They said, John has a demon and Jesus is a drunk. They were saying, John's out in the wilderness and Jesus is right in the middle of engaging culture. Very different callings that that could have caused conflict But Jesus set the example and said, no, 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 my cousin John has just a different calling than me. And Jesus teaches us how to lead with our callings through conflict to cooperation. And sometimes we need to recognize that that way that person thinks, the way that person uh, sees, the way my friend or family member is acting and doing life is just a different calling and that's okay. And we need people that see and do and are called to different things in the same family of God, amen? So that was a really big piece. And last week we talked about how the church gathers and scatters and the church is blessed, broken, and then given to the world. Today I just wanted to have a moment with us as a church reminding us of some of our core calling as a family, as a church that gathers and then scatters to the world. And and here's here's what it is. Uh, there are moments in Jesus' life with his disciples where he he said, "Hey, hey!" You know, he was working in, in an agrarian farmer culture. He had fishermen, and everybody understood agriculture back then. And, and here we are in this beautiful facility on what was used to be a farm. And Jesus would often say to his followers, "He said, hey." You know, you, you, you are often used to saying, hey, in three months or in four months, the harvest is coming, like the season of harvest is coming. But I say to you, right now, today, look around you, listen to me, pay attention, the harvest is here right now. And today, I want to say to us at Whitewater, for whatever reason, God is, is, is moving a spiritual wave of, of transformation and readiness. And I I feel like the harvest for our church is right now. And Jesus is inviting us to the banquet of belonging where everybody is invited. And we have our grand opening in two weeks. And for whatever reason, people are open to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to miss it. Do you? I want to be ready so if you're new or maybe you're not a christian you're like exploring faith you're in the right place 50 to 60 percent of our church are either new christians found christ here or don't yet believe we believe everyone's on a spiritual journey it's not so important of where you've been it's the most important things where you're headed so we're going to be looking at a passage today in luke chapter 14 luke chapter 14 i'm going to read through it and then i want to give us the vision of what we're going to cover today Um, um, three key steps three key steps let's read this passage starting in luke 14 Uh, go ahead and throw that on the um, there we go on the screen if you have your bibles pull those out if you have your notes you can pull those out jesus was hanging out with a group of sinners and religious people sinners and saints and in the middle of this, he's teaching, and a man listens to Jesus. He's, this man has, is of high, most likely high social standing. He says this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus responds with a story. And I, I want you guys, if um, my... my uh, My friends in the back, if you guys would put the the opening line, if you put the opening line, this is like the, the core message of today. God is creating an inclusive family of belonging. He's not creating an exclusive club, but an inclusive family of belonging. Will we bless and bring people into his family? God is like that foster parent that like just sees kids that are without homes and experiencing brokenness and they just, they always have room for one more. That's the God we serve. And so the story that Jesus tells is about the banquet of belonging. You guys ready? So here's the story. Jesus uh, responds to this man who's excited about being part of the blessed banquet of God. Jesus says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And um, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, uh, I've just bought a field and I need to go inspect it. Please excuse me. And he, the, the man throwing the banquet's probably like, are you kidding me? You, you, you can't do that later? This is really important. You've known about this for a long time. I'm just sending out the reminder invite are, are you kidding me? And then uh, they go to another and and um, another says, "I have just bought five pairs of oxen, and if you've ever bought five pairs of oxen, you know that you really want to try them out. Make sure that they're working. Make sure that they pull things very slowly at a short uh, clip, but very strongly." I need, to, I need to try them out, so please excuse me. And you could see the, 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 the banquet, the man who's throwing the banquet, are you, just again, are you kidding me? These are friends, these are family who have known about this for a while. I'm sending out the reminder invite, like, and you're not ready? In in our culture, we, you know, everybody always signs up on the Facebook for their invitation, right? They always accept it. No, we have all this fear of missing out, right? So even in Jesus' day, this was the case. And it's like, are you kidding me? And then they go to the third person. Um, and it says in verse 20, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And you can see the, the guy who's thrown the blanket just like, are you? Wait, actually, I understand that one. That's, that's okay. That one's all right. I get that. Verse 21, the servant tur- returned and told his master what they had said and the master was furious and he said, go quickly into the streets and in the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. And so the, the master said, go out again and into the country lanes and behind the hedges, shake the bushes, urge anyone and everyone you find to come so that my house will be full for none of those i first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet he's saying those who have excluded themselves from my party have excluded themselves from experiencing my party from my banquet and what i want to talk to you guys about i want to look at three layers three perspectives almost like three scenes Uh, of a movie i want to look from god the father's perspective he in this is the is the banquet thrower he's the man throwing the banquet in this story that's one layer i want to look at the the perspective of the servant and then i want to look at a third perspective that often can be missed and we'll call it the the perspective of the divided heart and that's what i want to cover and i want to just give our church an invitation sound good all right let's jump in so if we were to look at it from the God the Father's perspective, it, Jesus says, a man prepared a great feast. A man prepared a great feast, a, a great banquet. And the, God the Father, he has a family that is always throwing a banquet. It's like the eternal invite to the banquet of God. And what is a banquet? But a banquet is a place of joy and celebration and good food. How many of you guys like good food and banquets? Not every banquet has good food. I was just at one here the, uh, yesterday. They were celebrating like, th- this, this whole amazing uh, facility coming together and step by step. And it had good food. It was amazing. And me and my daughter, we love hosting people at our house. We love having banquets. We love having parties. And my daughter loves cooking. She she loves the culinary arts. And I've been teaching her the way of cooking meat. And I've found there's nothing like good meat that brings people together it's amazing like we make I make brisket I slow cook it and I've got a pit barrel smoker I learned it from a friend here at, at Whitewater's from Mississippi he taught me how to use it it's amazing and and I, I like to uh, and I've taught novella this we like to keep it simple we like to go Texas style brisket have you guys had Texas style brisket it's so good you smoke it um and I always have to clarify in Washington when I smoke at my meat with hickory nothing illicit it's all good uh, no not hickory uh, pecan sorry it's pecan you got to do pecan wood Hickory's good for other stuff pecan wood and then we do a bark like a rub and it's just like it's just salt and fresh ground pepper and I that's what I use smoke fresh ground pepper and it creates the most delicious smells And we like, we we want it to be ready when people get there. My daughter, she'll, we'll be making the bread. It takes hours to, to smoke and to get ready and let the meat rest because the meat gets tired in the, in the cook. And then, and then we make fresh bread. I learned it from my father-in-law. He taught me how to make this fracassia fresh bread. It's amazing. It's. Inc- I mean, I love making it. My daughter will help me and she gets so excited and we get so excited to have people. Now, I know there's people in the Northwest that are like not meat eaters and, you know, like maybe vegans and vegetarians. And, you know, I have friends that would, they would say there's, there's nothing that gathers people together better than a good turnip <laughs> or carrot, you know, and we can agree to disagree because we're in a community with different callings. And different perspectives. I'm just going to say, I like meat and vegetables cooked together. Um, My carrots taste best with with the slow cooking of meat. But uh, but whatever brings people together, God the Father has prepared a great feast. They're saying God has created a a banquet of belonging. And I love that about the Father. Like, that's God's heart. And he sends out many invitations. That means that he wants everybody to be part of this. God wants to invite everyone to be part of this. If you go on to read this, it, later in the, in the verse it says, come, he sends out his servants his, to go tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. There's nothing better. Well, Let me back up. There's nothing worse than a banquet where you come and the food is like cold and it's been there for hours versus a banquet where when you show up, that, that meat is coming out of the oven, coming out of the pit barrel smoker. The bread is filled up the house with the scent of fresh bread. You know what I'm talking about? And, and Christians, when we gather as the people of God, there's something about when we come together where like, there's the smell of fresh bread and the goodness of God. And when we walk with God and when we love God and Jesus is in our midst and we're walking closely the best we can, not perfectly. God doesn't want perfect leaders, perfect disciples. He just wants growing leaders, growing disciples. There's this smell that invites people. Like there's this sense that, okay, Jesus is here. No, no one here is perfect, but Jesus is here. And I, and I love that. And if you read farther into this story, if you go past the rejection um, it says this about um, the father's heart. If we were to look from that angle, when the servant returns and tells the master that uh, he's been rejected, the master was, he's furious, but he says, go quickly into the streets and alleys and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. He's like, go go get my, I don't care if people are gonna reject me. I know there are people who belong here who are needing to be part of the banquet." And I love that about God. I love that about his heart. He doesn't, he doesn't just shut the party down because some people don't want to come. He, he says, I'm going after the people that want to be here, that are ready, they're receptive. And after the servant had done that, he came and reported there's still room for more. I love that in the father's house, there's always more room for people at the party. Can I get an amen? There's always room in God's house at his banquet never runs out like maybe he finds way to stretch the food and stretch his grace and stretch his love so that everyone can experience and belong and then the master says go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone so that the house will be full god wants his house to be full if you have your notes um look at this um and you can write this down here's the first point you can write down god longs for all to belong at his banquet God longs for all to belong at his banquet God longs for people to come and gather to be part of the banquet and here's the cool thing the banquet the banquet of God the party of God the invitations of God are it's not just in this room it's not just when we gather on a Sunday it's in our spiritual families that a banquet is going on it's in our our individual families that God's Kingdom banquet is going on, even in your individual lives, you can be an expression of god 's desire for, for people to belong do you, do you agree here 's the next thing uh, it 's really important inclusion because God wants to include people it doesn 't matter their background it doesn 't matter their where they come from, their, what brokenness is a part of, doesn't matter which group they're a part of. doesn't matter their, their you know, ethnic background, their gender background. Uh, he, God wants to create an inclusion, and that inclusion requires invitation. Inclusion requires invitation. Here's what I've noticed in church and even in my own life. I love to receive belonging. How many of you guys like to receive acceptance, grace, belonging? About 10 of us, that's great. that's awesome. <laughs> good um it's it's one thing we all love to receive acceptance and belonging but the challenge is are we willing to give belonging and if we're gonna if people are gonna be included in the family of god they got to know about the family of god they've got to be invited inclusion requires um invitation here's the here's the last thing i think is really important rejection doesn't lead to less invitation uh, God the Father, he gets this report back from the servant that says, oh, there's people who rejected, they're not coming, they're busy, um, they have things going on, they, they all said no. There's like maybe one decent excuse, the rest were terrible. Uh, nobody wants to come to your, your party, they think it's lame. And God the Father, like, he reacts differently than, than we do. We might take rejection personally, we might, uh, we might just be like, you know what, let's not do the party, or let's just go with who we have I love that the Father's heart, rejection doesn't lead to less invitation. What does it lead to? More invitation. God's like, okay, that's fine. There are plenty of people out there that would wanna come to my party. Go get them. Go get them. Let's let them know. Uh, Rejection leads to more invitation. Is that true in our lives? Or Even the fear of rejection can lead to less invitation. But if we know the Father's heart, we don't have to take it personally, we can, we can know, hey, they're rejecting the Father, but they just don't know it's a blessing. They see the invitation as an inconvenience. Well, I'm going to look for people that see the invitation to God as a blessing. Amen? Um, I have a friend who, uh, he's an atheist, and his wife's a Christian, and, and they have moments where there's friction between kind of their belief systems. And we have many people that come from that background um, or like even kind of that little bit of division and friction in their own families. And um, his, his wife was like, man, like, when are you, what's it gonna take to get you to church? What's going to get? What's it gonna take? She, she's like, I do all your atheist things. You need to do some of my Christian things. <laughs> and, you know, like they have, they're good natured about it. She's like, what's it gonna take? And he was kind of at this point, they're driving up through Seattle. He's like, he's like a little frustrated, he's like, it's gonna take a miracle, it's gonna take a sign from God, he's like, I'm, I'm busy, I got all kinds of things, it's gonna take a sign from the Lord to get me to come to church with you. And right when they were driving through the middle of Seattle, there was like this uh, big banner on one of the overpasses that had put, been put down and it said, this is a sign from God <laughs> as they're driving through. And she was like, and he was like, don't you say a word. <laughs> And God has a heart to invite. And that leads us to the second perspective. And that's the perspective of the servant. The perspective of the servant. Um, the perspective of the servant says this, the, the, if you're taking your notes, God's servant fills God's banquet through invitation. Like you and I, if you're not a Christian yet, you're a potential servant. If you are a follower of Christ, you become a servant. And a servant's job in the household of God is to fill God's house, fill the banquet through a life of invitation, through a life of of inviting people and letting them them know they can belong. In verse 17, it says, when when the banquet was ready, um, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready, come, the banquet's ready. And there's the, the reality in the kingdom of God, God's banquet is always ready for you. The question is, are you ready for it? And some of us are so, we've been so busy with our lives and we're kind of like these servants that are, have grown bored with our faith or we're distracted from our faith or we're afraid of inviting others. We're afraid of like what people will think of us. And there can be all kinds of reasons that we've kind of stepped out of the serving role into like doing nothing role. Or what I've noticed is sometimes we Christians start thinking that our role is that of the security guard rather than the servant who invites people. So what happens is when you have a place of belonging, and you're like, "Hey, come enjoy the banquet," but you've got a bunch of security guards that are trying to keep the people, the good people in, and the bad people out. And I wanna, I wanna remind us, our job is not to be security, the security guards our job is not to like keep you know hey God you know we're gonna be too, we're, we're getting a little too packed we can't invite too many people any of you guys like to to plan parties and be like I don't want to have too many people I got to make sure I control the list and that's well and good in our life but in God's banquet it's God's banquet he worries about the list he worries about who can belong and who doesn't listen to this when you read from the eyes of the servant and realize what our role is you realize in verse 21 when the servant returns and says hey there's people who have rejected your invitation he the 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 master says to the servant go quickly not like don't dawdle don't walk around wandering mindlessly go quickly into the streets in the alleys of the town, invite the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Invite, invite and go quickly and go get these people that are broken. That, that God's banquet is the banquet of the broken. In Jesus' ministry, you know, like there's these Pharisees and religious and then these poor and these hurting people. And everyone's wondering, that's wandering around Jesus, everyone's wondering, is the banquet of Jesus... Is the ministry of Jesus, is it for the broken or is it for the blessed? Is it for the blessed or is it for the broken? And let me ask you, which is it for? Both. For both. That's a yes. Good. No one's flunking out of Whitewater School today. It's yes. Let me ask you this Did Jesus' ministry take care of the poor, crippled, blind, lame, and broken physically? Or did Jesus' ministry take care of the poor, crippled, blind, and lame spiritually? Which did he? Both. You guys are doing so good today. There's people that are kind of afraid. Like I didn't know there was gonna be a test. It's yes. It's both. And sometimes Christians are like, it's it's only spiritual. It's not social or physical. And at Whitewater, we kind of like we just kind of alleviate that fear and say we just want to follow Jesus. And it's both. He healed people physically, he healed people spiritually, amen? So God's servants fill God's banquet through invitation. And here's, here's another truth. God, not the servant, decides who is, who's included in the invitation. So if you are inviting people and you've got friends who are like, I can't believe they're here. Like, they shouldn't be, I don't like what they believe. I don't like what they, how they act. I hate this and this and this. You can be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not in charge of the, of the list here. Like, God just said, invite anybody and everybody. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Our job isn't to be a security guard. It's to be servants who invite. And servants have to remember they aren't being rejected. Their master is being rejected. So, it remo- like, we don't have to be afraid. You don't have to take it personally. All kinds of people rejected Jesus. All kinds of people rejected Jesus. And he can handle that. If people reject Jesus in your life, like you don't have to like take that too personally. It's like, okay, they're not ready. And, and here's, I think one of the most important message, messages we need to give and we need to remember so we don't get in the mode of being a security guard. We're servants who are inviting for the master. The most important thing, our message of grace is that you are welcome and wanted. This is your first week here in Whitewater. You are welcomed and and wanted. Are there people in your life that maybe have felt the church exclude them or religious people exclude them, people that would be associated with Jesus, well-meaning security guards? They mean well. They're trying to do a good job being security for Jesus. And are there people in your life that have been told that God has rejected them and doesn't want them? Who are those people that God brings to mind that he wants to know, he wants you to bring the message that you are welcome and you are wanted? Can you be praying for that? I, I think, man, this, this, this next two weeks, we have our, we have our grand opening in November, November 10th. November 10th is an opportunity for our church to say you are welcome and wanted. How many of you guys would agree with me that we live right now in some currently tense and polarizing times where people like there's lots of lines drawn between who's in and who's out do you think that a message that you are welcome and wanted regardless of ethnicity of gender of your history of your background whatever it is jesus welcomes you and wants you part of his community do you think that would resonate today and I think that's the message the world needs to hear. We want to be a Jesus uh, church. I want to talk about the last lens, the last perspective. And it's kind of sneaky, like, and you'll let me kind of nerd out a little bit. I am a pastor, so I do nerd out on the Bible a little bit. But it's, it's almost hidden because culturally we live in a different culture. But if you were to back up in this story in verse 15, there's a, a, a wealthy and social elite who says, what a blessing it will be to attend the banquet of the kingdom of God. I'm so excited to be part of this. Jesus, I'm psyched. I love following you. I love being part of your banquet. I love being included. I love belonging. And Jesus says, wait a second. Wait a second. Listen to me. It, as Jesus, said, he's like, it's getting too long. Close, close it down. Um, and, and it's really easy to miss this. Um, but in this context, a wealthy man of high standing in the community says, I love the idea of the banquet of God. And Jesus says, I love that you love the idea, but do you love the reality of the banquet? What's it going to cost you to be part of my community? And then Jesus tells the story about a man who now is like the rich man, the, the high status man And he says, there once was a man like you who invited all his friends and his family after becoming part of the Jesus community, after becoming part of the banquet of the broken. And then he goes and he wants to invite other people to be part of it. And he invites all his friends and his family. And then all of his friends and family say what to him? I'm too busy. I can't join. Nope, I've got a new piece of property. I've got oxen. You know how slow they are. I can't. And all of a sudden, you realize from this culture, this man who has become part of the Jesus community is now being shunned because he's part of the Jesus community. Because he said, oh, it's blessed to be part of the banquet of the broken. And he sees it as a a blessing. Uh, Jesus is saying, be careful because when you see that I'm a blessing, the rest of the world will see that that they'll think you're broken. And you're going to be rejected because of me. Will you, will you give in? Will you, um, will you try to seek the approval of those who have rejected you because of me? Or will you push on and invite the broken and lost? Will you say, you know what? I'm with Jesus through thick and thin. He wasn't afraid to go public with his faith for me on the cross and his death on the cross for my life. I'm not gonna be afraid to go public for him. Or are we gonna give in to the temptation to keep our, our, our faith private and, and to please other people and not wanna rock the boat, not wanna be rejected? Or are we gonna say, no, Jesus, I'm with you and I'm gonna invite the broken, I'm gonna invite the ready and the willing and I'm gonna welcome everyone into the family of God. Even the ones who are rejecting me, I'll invite them over and over, but I'm not gonna let the ones who reject Jesus Keep me from accepting the ones he accepts. Amen? So, the last things I want you to, to remember from the sermon are this God invites us to the banquet of the broken to bring more broken to fill the banquet. We are broken, we've been brought to the banquet, and Jesus wants us to go get others like us and bring them in. And that means that invitation leads to transformation. Invitation leads to transformation. Do you believe it? We noticed when we planted this church, we started in a home. One thing we noticed is the longer someone's a Christian, the less non-Christian friends they have because they're around Christians so much. We do lots of Christian things. And so we said, what if we, what if we back down on some of the programs and we, we help put the church back into the community that the church sometimes accidentally pulls out of the world it's supposed to be reaching? Can I get an amen? Do you follow? Like, we need, to, we need to reclaim, like, our sentness and our calling to the world and not conform to it, but not have contempt for it. We need to have compassion in the world. So what we did, we, we just said, well, let's make it really simple. Let's help Christians make friends and influence people by throwing parties and banquets. So we had this ministry of block parties and building friendships, and we pulled people in. yeah, some of you guys many of the stories of people in whitewater found christ through a block party um how many of you guys checked your kids in to children's church are there some parents in here okay the gal who runs our children's area samantha wilbur i met her me and sarah my wife we met samantha and her husband ty before they were christians at a block party we were throwing in their neighborhood and in this party this banquet like invitation leads to transformation somebody invited them and got him to this party, and we met, and in the middle of it, of all this fun and connection and relationship and celebration, uh, all of a sudden, we found out Samantha's story, and she just lost her father to melanoma cancer. She was really struggling with things of faith and spirituality, and, and she found out that I'm a pastor, and at the end of the night, they, I, I prayed with them. I, like, not in the middle of the party. Like, in, you know, Lord, I pray, and it wasn't like that. It was at the, they asked me privately, hey, would you, would you pray for us? And Ty wasn't at all that, that into it. And he's an atheist at, the, at that point. And then over time they belonged and then pretty soon at some point they believed and, and, and God has transformed them. Invitation leads to transformation, do you believe it? And here's the most powerful thing, invitation leads to your transformation. My friends, Ty and Samantha, Samantha now leads our, our children's and she does believe in Jesus so she's leading our children's really well. And Ty helps lead our church. But they have transformed me. They've poured into my life. They've helped me see from different lenses, from different perspectives. And um, invitation will lead to your transformation. Um, What would it look like in this season if we embraced a lifestyle of invitation, blessing and bringing people into the banquet? And that might that might look like just inviting somebody to a meal like this week what would it what would it look like if you just invited a coworker a friend a neighbor to have a meal together with you you know we my neighbor invited us to a meal for taco Thursdays and then we invited them back over and now my neighbor a few months later has started following Christ he's a wonderful guy he's a good friend and he's and he's on his journey with the lord invitation leads to transformation what what if what if we invited people to be part of our spiritual families like your community group or your serve team whatever that you know spiritual family and you just invited somebody some people don't come to church or a community group because they're not invited they feel like maybe they're not good enough i i have a friend who was like i didn't feel like i was good enough and that maybe that's why you didn't you know invite me i never want that to be the case for people in my life and with November 10th coming, the grand opening, what would it look like if each one brought one? What could God do with that? What Ty and Samantha stories would happen? Now, I want to leave you with this image. This is uh, my f- uh, friend Sam Walcott does this thing, uh, Friendsgiving, every year. And they invite people, friends of theirs. Some of them know Jesus, really cool. Some of them don't know Jesus. Can you believe that? Like, I need to talk to him about acting more like a security guard. But um, they do food. Look at the meat and the veggies together. A friend came up and told me, he's like, that's flexitarian when you can eat meat and veggies together. Um, And look at this. He just turns his whole, him and his wife, they turn their whole garage into a friend's giving and gather people up. Sinners and saints. The banquet of the blessed and the broken. To me, this is like, this is what... God's, God's church churches, his family is. I want to invite you to a life of invitation. Invite someone to a meal. Invite someone to your spiritual family. Invite somebody to the grand opening and see the transformation that happens. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for you. Would you help lead our church into being agents of transformation not, we're not to be afraid of the world, we're not to hide from the world, we're not to conform to the world, we're to have compassion for the world, in the world. God, I pray that in the next season we'd see more people find Christ than we've ever seen. We've seen more people join the banquet in their brokenness, realizing that Jesus, you bring the blessing that they need in your name. Amen.